Well, it's Sunday night. Sunday night. That's right. Man, what a camp so far. I've given out so many high fives today. I've seen so many awesome campers, so many awesome leaders, so many smiles, so much fun. But do you want to know something? I honestly think that tonight and for the next few minutes, this is going to be the highlight of camp. Because what we've been doing over these last few days is we've been telling this big story. The story of this God who is light and who shines bright. The story of you, how you were made to shine. The story about how because of love, each one of you has a choice. The story which has this prince of darkness who lives to block out the light. But this story which this morning we talked about how Jesus comes in. How God, because of his love, steps into the story as a human and shines so bright. So we've talked through all this. You guys know the story. We've talked about how God does what? And what do we need? We need this love and this warmth deep in, deep in our bones. We've talked about how you were what? We've talked about how love what? We've talked about how Satan blocks out light. And we talked this morning about how we need saving and who shines bright? Jesus! That's right. And we talked this morning about how Jesus isn't someone who once shined bright. We're talking about someone who keeps shining bright. We're talking about someone who is pouring out love and warmth even today. Hey, in um, 2009, I think it was, I got to hop on a plane and go to Denmark. And in Denmark, I went to this beautiful castle. And to be honest, some of these landmarks, they kind of make some of New Zealand's buildings look a little bit lame. But this castle, seriously, it was jaw-droppingly beautiful. You go in there and you're just like, oh my goodness, this is delightful. But beneath the surface of the castle was a dungeon. And I was like, we have to go check out this dungeon. I've never been in a dungeon before, right? So me and my friends, my friend Luke, do you remember? He was the one who like stayed up all night and fell in love with a girl and married her and meant I had to drive by myself. He was with me. And um, anyhow, but we were about to go into the dungeon. And then just before we went in, there was a sign saying, caution, the dungeon is dark. I was like, yeah, really? And um, what you need to do is you need to buy a torch. And we were like, pfft. We're from New Zealand. <laughs> we can see in the dark. <laughs> we don't need a torch. Who do you think you are, you stupid Danish people? So anyhow, we... No, I love Danish people. Seriously, I'm joking. I love Danish people. And so anyhow, me and my friend Luke bravely like, went down the steps, and then we turned a corner, and to our absolute amazement, we learned it was really dark. <laughs> like, really, really dark. And all we had was my camera. So I was walking through with my camera, just using our flash photography to try to see. So here's one of the photos you can see. This is the moment when we realized we've been just walking into a dead end. <laughs> so there's a wall at the end there, and Luke had been walking like this, kind of going boink and hitting his head, and then going like boink. And I was like, I'll take a photo. We'll figure out what it is. And um, actually, just we actually ran out of batteries in the camera. It got a bit scary at one stage. But there was this one moment. I can still remember this with Luke. There was this one moment, this dungeon went down about three levels. 
It just kept going further and further underground. And then there was this one moment where all of a sudden we um, went around this corner and we saw there was this little window in the hillside and there was this dude there who was kind of just looking out the window. You know, he was kind of checking out the view. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We'll be polite. So we just kind of, it gave us a fright because we hadn't really seen anyone. So we're like, oh, we'll just sit back. So we kind of just waited for him to stop looking out the window so we could go. And he's just still looking out the window, kind of like nervously like coughing. <laughs> he's still just looking out the window for about 30 seconds. And then I was like, I think I've got enough to take a photo to see what's going on. Took this photo, and this is who it was. It was, it was, actually, it was actually a model. <laughs> It wasn't an actual person. It was a guy. It was a guy dressed up to be like a Danish soldier, and we literally had been standing there, like, "Do you want to go talk to him, or should I?" Kind of thing. We're like, <laughs> he probably couldn't even speak English. But um, one of the things, one of the things we found out as we went into this dungeon, which was actually really sad, was we learnt that in Denmark sometimes there were people as young as about seven or eight who got arrested for things like maybe stealing stealing some food from the market or something like that. And they would just put them in that dungeon and they would live in that dungeon until they died. And in some of those places, there was literally, I kid you not, there was no light. It was pure darkness. And it was kind of amazing when you came out of this dungeon because from the outside, it looked like there was this beautiful castle that made you just go, wow. But then when you looked a little bit closer, you saw under this thing of incredible beauty, there was actually a lot of darkness. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus, we've talked about how Jesus came to rescue us and how he has come to set us free from darkness. And you know, one Sunday, quite early on in Jesus' life, he walked into church. And back then at those churches, you could kind of just, anyone who felt like God was talking to them could jump up and they could kind of read from the Bible. And he jumps up. And these were the, this is the first message, the first sermon, if you want, that Jesus ever preached. And listen to his words. This is God speaking. And see, does this tickle your heart? Does this resonate with you? Because what he says is this. Is Jesus says, God's spirit is on me. He has chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. God has chosen me. He has sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and the battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. Jesus' first sermon is standing in front of a crowd of people, and he's saying, God has sent me to let prisoners in darkness go free. That is what God is saying to you tonight. And straight after he preaches the sermon, Jesus goes for a bit of a walk. And he goes to this well in the middle of the desert. And he sits there and, he, and he's by himself. He sends his mates into town to go get him some food. And then in the middle of the day, this woman comes out to the well to get some water. Now, in that culture there, back then, that would not be normal. This, this lady is probably thirsty, but normally women would come to the well together. Okay, They wouldn't come out by themselves. And also in this culture, you wouldn't go out to get water in the middle of the day when it was hot. So this lady has something that she's trying to hide. She's going out because there's something a little bit, you know, a little bit shifty about this lady. And Jesus has a chat with her. That's what Jesus does. That's what God loves to do. He loves to chat with everyone. And Jesus has a chat with her, and he offers her life. He says to her that she can have all of her darkness washed away, and she can have life. And then Jesus says something that I always find really, really peculiar. 
In the middle of this conversation where Jesus is talking to this lady about all this life, all of a sudden he kind of drops this bomb. And Jesus says this. He says, hey, go call your husband and then come back. And she kind of, you can imagine, kind of nervous, says, I, I, I have no husband. And Jesus goes, that's nicely put. <laughs> I have no husband. He goes, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. So all of a sudden in this moment, can you see how it would suddenly be really awkward? <laughs> Jesus has said to her, hey, go get your husband. And she's like, uh, oh, I don't have one. And he's like, yeah, that's right. You've had five, and you're on to another one. And you're sitting there going like, Jesus, are you being real rude? Or Jesus, are you being real mean? Jesus, are you telling this lady about light? And then all of a sudden you're just pointing out her darkness? But you want to know why Jesus brings up this darkness that she's hiding? Because if she brings up this darkness and she gives it to Jesus, Jesus says he will take it away. With her darkness, she could deny it if she wanted. In that moment, if she wanted, she could have run away from Jesus. She could have said, I don't want to have this conversation, Jesus. I'm out of here. This is getting scary. I don't want you to see my darkness. I don't want you to know about my history. I'm out of here. But Jesus knows that if this woman wants to find freedom, if this woman wants to find total life, she needs to confront the darkness and give it to God. And Jesus is never going to force her to do this. But Jesus, when he looks at this lady, he sees a beautiful lady who was made to shine bright. But she's been trapped by Satan. She was made to shine bright, but she's been trapped. She's stuck in darkness. So what will Jesus do? How is Jesus going to fix this problem? See, we've talked about this. We've, we've talked about, you've probably seen this diagram a few times now, Jesus he never turned away from God. God is the light and he leads to life. But we also talked about this, how you and me, we have all turned from God. And if we turn from God, who is light, we are turning from life and we are heading towards death. You, me, this woman we've talked about, we're all trapped. We're all in prison. We're all facing death. And the question is, what happens next in the story? And when we are trapped in prison, we read this. Jesus was imprisoned. Jesus never did anything wrong. Why is Jesus suddenly in prison? And the reason is, is because Jesus knows that to set each of us free from our prison, he has to break down the walls of Satan's prison. And to do that, he has to go into the prison. He has to become one of us. The one who has done nothing wrong says, I'm going to go into prison for you guys. So Jesus was literally put into prison. Jesus was arrested. Jesus was whipped. Jesus was beaten and he was mocked. And you know, because Jesus is light, he does this because he loves each one of you so much. But we've talked about before, if we turn from God who is light and turn from life, where do we end up? Death. Now Jesus is imprisoned. He hasn't turned from God. But we know Easter weekend is about Jesus dying on a cross. Jesus was taken out to a hill outside of a city. His back had been whipped. He was beaten. And he was laid out on this wooden cross. Soldiers came and drove nails through his hands and his feet. And then Jesus was lifted up like a criminal. 
Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. He hadn't turned from the light at all. Yet here was Jesus dying. Why? Because Jesus wants each one of you to be set free from death, to be set free from guilt, to be set free from shame, to be set free from darkness. And to do that, he has to take the death that each of us owe. Jesus knew that Satan's trap leads to death. Jesus knew that Satan's trap leads to an eternity away from God. And he knows that death is the ultimate weapon that Satan uses against you and me. So he steps in front of us and he takes the price for us. Why? Because he loves us so much. That's what light is about. And you know, the thing I love about Easter is we don't just get Friday off, but we also get Monday off. And some of you guys get Tuesday off. That's right. And you want to know, if Jesus had just died on the cross, guys, if Jesus had just died on the cross, we would have Friday off and you guys would be going back home tonight. But that is not the end of the story because if that's the end of the story, Jesus dying for us, it's not a very good story. Satan has still won if that's the end of the story because death has still had the last word. But the story continues and says that three days later, Jesus did not stay dead. He broke apart Satan's prison. He came out. Over 500 people saw Jesus walking around, chatting with them after he had died. And he says to people, hey, who wants to be set free from death and from Satan? Who wants out of here? Who wants to be made new? You guys know I was telling that story about that young person uh, last night who when we went to bed in the tent, he had those headphones on and he put the music up really loud. Do you remember that? And the reason he did it was because he heard all these dark voices because he had been trapped in darkness and had dark stuff happen to him. Do you know this time about four or five years ago, he was at a camp very similar to this one. And a speaker was talking about Jesus and talking about how because Jesus died on that cross for our sins, but then rose again conquering Satan, that this young man could find life and forgiveness. And this young man decided to go forward. And that very night, you know what happened? He met Jesus. He met Jesus, the living Jesus. But you know what else? We were chatting with after that night. And he was about to go to bed. And I said to him, I was like... Bro, you're about to go to bed, right? He's like, yeah. And I was like, Did you, you know, he's been listening to this music, the headphones during the thing. I said, bro, how about tonight you leave the headphones in your bag? And he goes, oh, I'm a bit scared. What if the voices come back? I said, let's pray about this, man, because Jesus is the light. So we knelt down together that night and we prayed and we said, this young man, Jesus, he said yes to you. Can you set him free from this darkness? And then he went off to bed. And I'll never forget the next morning, as I went to get breakfast at this camp, this young man bounded up to me with the brightest look in his eyes and the biggest smile on his face. And he just said, Jeremy, the voices are gone. Now, why? It's not because... The reason that happened is not because I am amazing. No, 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 no. It's not because this young guy is amazing. No, 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 no. The reason this story happened is because Jesus is alive and active today. Jesus sets people free today. Jesus breaks the power of death and darkness today. Satan doesn't have the last word. 
Now, there's something pretty, a big question you probably all have in your minds right now. There's a video coming up which is going to explain it, so the sound will be there. And this question is, but after all of this, how do we catch a baboon? You know, it's probably your question. So listen up. This will help you. Oh, we got sound? Because he knows baboons are incurably inquisitive. Next, he puts some wild melon seeds into the hole and works them in so that they drop into a hollow. Then he saunters off, knowing the baboon is burning with curiosity. The baboon doesn't trust that human being at all, so he plays it cool. But he's dying to know what gives in that confounded hole. Finally, Mr. Inquisitive can't take it any longer. He's got to know what's in there. He reaches in, grabs a fistful, and now his hand's too big to come out. If he had the sense to drop the seed, he could free his hand. Now he lets go when it's too late. So there you go. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys are ever trapped in Africa and you need to catch a baboon, you guys know how to do it now. But the key thing about that story is you saw that baboon. That baboon was like losing its mind. <laughs> that baboon wanted to get out of there. But what was keeping it trapped? It's him. Itself. It was not willing to let go. If that baboon had just let go of that stuff, boom, he could have run away and be free. And you know, the question tonight I'm asking each of you is, Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to shine light into your life. Are you willing to let go of the prison? Are you willing to let go of the darkness and take the life that Jesus has for you? You know, this is what God's word says. In the book of Psalms, it's talking about these people. And look, this first word says, then. And that is key. Then. Then these people cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness the utter darkness, and he broke away the chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. What a great song to sing to God. But you see that first word? Then. They were saved from their distress. They were saved from their prison once they cried out to God. Because remember, God is love, and he is all about choice. So he is not going to force freedom on you. He is going to say, the choice is in your hands. Are you willing to take it? It also says in God's word, this is this guy David talking, and he says, then I let it all out. He said, I'm going to make a clean breast of my failures to God. I'm going to tell God about my darkness and my struggles. And it says, suddenly the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved and my sin disappeared. Can you see what Jesus is doing here? I love this. Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to set you free from the prison, set you free from the darkness, but you have to be willing to let it go, to turn and say yes to Jesus. You have to come out of hiding and you have to ask for help. 
But this is a promise that when we do this, Jesus sets us free. You know, there's the story from uh, in 1829 in America. There was a man named George Wilson. And George Wilson robbed a train. And George Wilson, because he robbed this train, he was sentenced to death. So he was going to die. And you know, all his friends got together and they begged and they pleaded and they wrote letters to the president of the United States. They said, can this guy please be set free? Maybe they said he didn't mean it. I don't know what they said. But eventually, the president of the United States said, yep, okay, George Wilson, you can be set free. I pardon you. You're not going to die anymore. But do you want to know something that's weird about this story? Is this guy, George Wilson, didn't take it. He had the offer of freedom there, but for some incredible reason, he chose to stay imprisoned, and George Wilson chose to be executed. It sounds stupid. Historians don't know why he did it. He had freedom there, but he chose not to take it. But my question is, are there some of us here tonight who are going to do the same thing? You know, are we too proud to admit that we need saving? Are we too fearful to admit that we need to be set free? See, God's word says this. It says, let all of us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. What I love about what God is saying here is Jesus doesn't just want to take away your darkness. He also wants to take away the guilt you feel about that darkness. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm offering that to you today. Do you want to take it? Jesus also says this in God's word. I love this. Writing about Jesus, this guy Paul says, hey, God has rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of his son he loved so much. The son who got us out of the pit we were in and he got rid of the sins, the darkness we were doomed to keep repeating. You know, if you haven't met Jesus before, then tonight is the night when you can step out of this darkness and you can say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I'm all for you. Set me free, Jesus. You know, two more verses here. I love this. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus says, the thief, Satan, the prince of darkness, he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is offering you total life, light, life in the fullest. Satan offers death, darkness, hell, and prison. Which are we going to choose? And Jesus says, if the Son, if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. So my question tonight is, who wants to be set free? My question tonight is, who wants to meet Jesus? And there's three types of people I'm talking to tonight. The first one, as we come around and get the, the mirror, because you guys have been made to shine bright. The first type of people are the ones who we talked about yesterday. Maybe you have never turned to Jesus, which means you are trapped behind this wall. You remember that? You've been in prison and you have never cried out to help for Jesus. Tonight, I'm going to challenge you. If God has been speaking to you, if you have felt him nudging on your heart, if there's been something in you saying you've got to do something about this, then tonight I'm going to ask you to come forward. And what's going to happen is you're going to sit with your leader and you guys are going to have a chat and your leader's going to tell you about this Jesus some more. And you can choose whether you want to turn around 
and step out into the light and have all the darkness swept away. So that's the first person. The first person is someone who has never said yes to Jesus before. I say, tonight, why don't you say yes? The second person is perhaps before you have said yes to Jesus, which is awesome. And Jesus has smashed down those walls, which is great. So you've been set free. You've turned and you've faced Jesus, which is awesome. But then over the years, maybe your heart's grown cold. And maybe you've kind of started turning away again. Now remember, that wall is gone. You've been set free. So Jesus hasn't stopped loving you, but maybe you've stopped loving Jesus. And maybe tonight would be a good night to come and chat and talk about this and get some people to pray for you so that you can turn around back to the light and shine bright. So that's the second person I'm talking to. And then the third person is perhaps you've been sitting here going, whoop, whoop, whoop. You've been praising Jesus. You are fully like shining bright for Jesus, which is awesome. But perhaps there's a little bit of your life where there's some darkness and you're feeling guilty about it. And you're sitting there going, I need to get this sorted out. Tonight is the night you get to do this. So what's going to happen is the band is going to come up on the stage behind me now. And if you're one of those three people, if you have heard God whispering to you saying, yes, you need to meet Jesus, then what I'm going to ask you to do is, uh, in a second, I'm going to get everyone to stand. I'll just ask the people on the floor to make a bit of space when we do that down here. If you want to come and meet Jesus tonight, then I'm going to ask you to come and walk down here. Okay, your leader will come with you. Whether this is your first time you've done this, like I said, whether you've grown cold and you want to turn back to Jesus, or whether there's some guilt or shame you want to work through, come down here. And then what's going to happen, just so you're not surprised, is guys are going to walk up into the old gym. Girls, you're going to head up into the dining room, and you can sit down and have a chat with your leader.